0: All right, what's up, everybody? This is Josh McCabe here on Overflow Beyond the Music, the podcast, coming at you with a special edition of the podcast. This is not a normal episode with just, you know, a guest, and we talk about their career and their music and all that stuff, but um, this is something that sort of got thrown together a little last minute based on some of the stuff that's kind of been floating around in the social media or, you know, quote-unquote, Christian media, music, News world. Admittedly, this is like version four or five of this intro to my conversation with frontman of Skillet, John Cooper, and uh, it's reason. The reason for that is because I've really struggled with how to articulate a conversation about something that's sensitive that I think so often people can weigh in on and talk about people without either A not knowing them or B talking about what they're walking through. And and I don't wanna be a podcast. I don't want to be the kind of guy that just talks about about people um <laughs> or their struggles. I don't I don't wanna be that. I don't care if it's good clickbait. That's not my heart. The pastor in me do- doesn't like that. But I will say this. Overflow Beyond the Music has always been about going beyond the surface of just the music people make into their journey. And recently um, there was a post that uh, kind of triggered some conversation in the world, um, in the Christian music world or in the Christian world. Um, but I want to kind of go a little bit beyond that. There has definitely uh, been some some things, some shifts happening in uh, in, in the Christian world, I mean, Joshua Harris recently posted that um, he, you know, he wouldn't consider himself a Christian by the, by the traditional standards. Um, recently just went through a divorce and that he's, uh, you know, I don't want to say, uh, falling away from the Christian faith was was his words and and really just had wrestled with a lot of that. He wrote the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and sort of uh, apologized for writing that and a lot of the thoughts that he portrayed in that book, he doesn't believe today. And you've got um, other podcasts, you've got other groups like the Liturgists who are deconstructing. you got Bad Christian, Matt Carter of Emory, and, and they're really deconstructing faith as they know it. And then more recently, um, singer-songwriter, worship leader from Hillsong, Marty Sampson, who was one of the founding members of Hillsong United, Massive influence in my life. Wrote songs like uh, "King of Majesty," "All I Need Is You," "Oh Praise the Name," "Savior King," "Open Heaven," "River Wild," uh, "I Am Not Alone," which Carrie Job put on her album. Incredibly talented songwriter, incredibly gifted uh, worship leader. He recently posted um, that he was, you know, let me just read it for you. It says, "I'm genuinely losing my faith, and it doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing." I am so happy now, so at peace with the world, it's crazy. He goes on to say, why is the Bible so full of contradictions, no one talks about it? Um, he also mentions that pastors are failing, and why is no one talking about it, which I disagree with, a lot of people are talking about it, in probably an unhealthy way. How can God be love, yet send four billion people to a place, all because they don't believe no one talks about it? And this was posted to his Instagram account, it's been taken down since then, Um Look, I don't want to seem like this is some CNN versus Fox News type gotcha story. That That's not what this is about. Um, but but as sort of somebody who's influenced so much in the Christian community, who who's really come out in a public way, saying that they're struggling in their faith, I think a lot of people have questions and are not really sure to do that with that. And, and to be honest, I fit in that boat too. I'm not sure to do about it. I'm not sure how to talk about it. I'm not sure how to share my opinion and my opinion about some of the statements he's said, some of the things he's wrestling with, and I'm not really sure how to address some of the the open-ended questions that are out there in a way that um, respects and honors Marty for his journey. And let me say this, this is not just about Marty. There's other bands and artists um, that have spoken publicly about how some of their views uh, have shifted over the years. I think of you know uh, the Christian hard rock um, metalcore metal emo. What I don't care what you call it. Under oath, um, it made a shift, and um, members of that group uh, I would consider close friends. And you know I'm not here to talk about that, um, but to also respect their journey and respect what they're what they're going through. And I don't know how to be <laughs> how to weigh in and talk about this. Um, to lead up to a conversation I had with John Cooper of Skillet, who responded to some of the things he's seen. And, and to be clear, John was not making this conversation just about Marty Sampson's post, although that's naturally where people have gone in these comments. Maybe because his post was very polarizing. It was very uh, pointed. It was very strong, uh, full of opinion, um, and full of him pouring out his heart, so naturally, uh, I think people lean towards talking about that. Um, but you know, as Marty said, that he's he's struggling with this issue of faith, and and you know, he he ended up following up by saying um, this was on Tuesday. As we record this podcast, it's Friday, August sixteenth. Hoping to get this up today or tomorrow for you, but. Um, Marty Sampson told the Christian Post on Tuesday that he's not renounced his faith, but it's an in, on incredibly ground shaky ground. And then, you know, more recently today he posted something else. And you know, I don't want to get into all that because it just feels like news and it's not what I want to be about. But rather I, I want to dig deep on something that I think is is the greater thing at play here. And that is this question. What do we do with artists? musicians, songwriters, leaders that we look up to that have influenced us, uh, you know, mostly in the positive sense, that I guess are struggling, that are failing, that, you know, you don't have to search far to find controversies of pastors who have, you know, failed publicly, and and people have jumped quickly on that, And, and what do we do about that? And And I think, as I look at it in in sort of an editorial, you know, sense, kind of trying to step back, and I wonder if we put unhealthy standards on leaders that uh, inevitably they cannot live up to, or we we look to leaders as if they are some sort of second incarnation of Jesus um, in an unfair way, and... Don't get me wrong. I think with leadership and influence comes great responsibility. I absolutely believe that with all my heart. And in my own life, uh, I have said to the Lord, "I I want I want to have greater influence for you. I want to I want to walk in greater power. And Lord, give me the character and give me the things I need. Help help rid me of the things that need to leave, and develop in me the things that need to be there so I can I can handle that." But I wonder if we quickly elevate artists uh, and people who are gifted to platforms that they're not ready for <laughs> simply because they're gifted. And, you know, even as I was recording, this, this is probably why I've recorded it a few different times. Um, you know, again, this podcast is not about Marty Sampson, um, but he posted recently, today actually, just some follow-up thoughts on, on the post that John Cooper's skillet made. And in and, and, and Marty's post, he's, he's frustrated, and I get it. Um and John in his post, he's frustrated. And I get it. Um, so what do we what do we do about this conversation? And and really I think I've landed at the place that we just need to have it. I don't look to Christian musicians to be my source of theology. I don't look for them to be my source of morality. <laughs> I think too many people in in this world's culture are looking to people like Ariana Grande to be their um, their, I guess, compass on sexuality and morality, and I think that that's messed up. Um, you know, Ariana's a talented singer, songwriter, musician, probably a great performer, but I'm not looking to her for to teach me um, what I should think about different things in life, nor am I looking to um, Joe, worship leader, to teach me what I think about salvation. But I'm think, looking to him to, you know, lead me to a place of worship that reveals uh, part of the heart and nature of God. But secondly, I wonder if we've pushed people to an in or out mentality, where they they feel like because they're struggling, they got to be out. Um, now, granted, a lot of what we're talking about has been publicly put out there for people to digest their thoughts on. So if you're going to put something out publicly, people are going to talk about it. This is not conversations that have been had behind closed doors with pastors that got posted on the internet. This is something that invited a response, and and my response is truly this. We need to have grace and compassion for people in all areas of, ju- of their journey. We need to be the family of God who doesn't shoot the wounded or kick people out when we disagree, but also we ought to stand for truth And we got to stop putting artists on pedestals that are unhealthy for them and for us. So really, in summary, I'm saying that I've been through stuff, and I've needed grace in my life, and I've needed time to wrestle through things, and I've been grateful to have, uh, for the most part, great communities and people who have surrounded me as I wrestle through those things. And I think that's what we ought to do. Uh, This is not... Uh, An attacking conversation that I want to have, but rather for those um, who have served the church, who have written songs for the church about Jesus and publicly shared their faith through music, who are struggling with their faith or falling away even. I want to say this. I love you. I'm here for you. Always down to have a conversation. The art and the things that you have done Created, um, I believe, is every bit as true today as the day you created it, despite what you are walking through. And I really pray that you would come to a place where you would see um, the goodness of God that I see—that He's still passionate about the lost, that He's still a good Father, that He's still doing miracles today. And that his bride, the church, though it's flawed, heavily flawed sometimes, is still the bride of Christ and beautiful all right, that's my wrestling through it. I hope I didn't ramble too much because I'm trying to figure out what what to do with all this too, because you know I don't want to be one of those people that just piles on the wounded, nor do I want to be one of those people that runs away from sharing how I feel about truth and one of the people who really came out to to talk about sort of his feelings on truth and not just about Marty Sampson. He referenced something Marty said in his post. And And again, this is not the Marty Sampson rebuttal podcast, um, but John Cooper of Skillet wrote um, something on, on his social media, expressing some of his feelings of what he's seeing in this, this falling away of, of Christian artists in today's culture. And I think the best way to set up my conversation with him is for me to read what John had posted. All right, John Cooper posted this to his Instagram page, which is John L. Cooper Stuff. um, Sorry, Facebook page. John L. Cooper Stuff uh, on Facebook. He says this on August 13th. Okay, I'm saying it because it's too important not to. What is happening in Christianity? More and more of our outspoken leaders or influencers who were once faces of the faith are falling away, and at the same time, they are being very vocal about it. Shockingly, they still want to influence others—brackets—for what purpose as they announce that they are leaving the faith. I'll state my conclusion, then I'll state some rebuttals to statements I've read by some of them. Firstly, I never judge people outside my faith, even if they hate religion or Christianity. That is not my place, and I have many friends who disagree with my religion, and that is 100% fine with me. However— when it comes to people within my faith, there must be a measure of loyalty and friendship and accountability to each other and the Word of God. My conclusion for the church, and all of us Christians, we must stop making worship leaders and thought leaders or influencers or cruel cool people or, <laughs> quote, relevant people the most influential people in Christendom. And yes, that includes people like me. I've been saying for 20 years and seem probably quite judgmental to some of my peers that we are in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20 year old worship leaders and worship singers as the source of our truth. We now have a church culture that learns who God is from singing modern praise songs rather from the, te- rather than from the teachings of the word. I'm not being rude to my worship leader friends, many of who would agree with me in saying that singers and musicians are good at communicating emotion and feeling. We create a moment and a vehicle for God to speak. However, singers are not always the best people to write solid Bible truth and doctrine. Sometimes we are too young, too ignorant of scripture, too unaware, or too unconcerned with the purity of scripture and the holiness of God uh, and the holiness of the God we are singing to. Have you ever considered the disrespect of singing songs to God that are untrue of his character? I have a few specific thoughts and rebuttals to statements made by recently disavowed church influencers. First of all, I am stunned that the seemingly most important thing for these leaders who have lost their faith is to make such a bold new stance, basically saying, I've been living and preaching boldly something for 20 years and led generations of people with my teachings and now I no longer believe it. Therefore, I'm going to boldly and loudly tell people it was all wrong while I boldly and loudly lead people to my next truth. I'm perplexed why they aren't embarrassed, humbled, ashamed, fearful, or confused. Why be so eager to continue leading people when you clearly don't know where you're headed? My second thought is, why do people act like being real covers a multitude of sins? As if someone is courageous simply for sharing virtually every thought or dark place. That is not courageous, it's cavalier. Have they considered the ramifications, as if they are the harbingers of truth, saying, I used to think one way and practice it and preach it, but now I've learned all the new truth and will start practicing and preaching it. So the influencers become the voice for truth in whatever stage of life and whatever evolution takes place in their thinking. Thirdly, there's a common thread running through these leaders and influencers that basically says, no one else is talking about the real stuff. That is just flatly false. I just read today in a renowned worship leader statement, how could a God of love send people to hell? No one talks about it. As if he is the first person to ask this. Brother, you are not that unique. The church has wrestled with this for 1,500 years. Literally, everybody talks about it. Children talk about it in Sunday school. There's like a billion books written on the topic. Just because you don't get the answer you want doesn't mean that we are unwilling to wrestle with it. We wrestle with Scripture until we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And lastly, and most shocking in my opinion, as these influencers disavow their faith, they always end their statements with their new insight and new truth. He had that in quotes. That is basically a regurgitation of Jesus' words. It's truly bizarre and ironic. They'll say, I'm disavowing my faith. But remember, love people, be generous, forgive others. Um, Why? That is is uh, actually not human nature. No child is ever born and says, I just want to love others before loving myself. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to give my money away to others in need. Those are biblical principles taught by a prophet, priest, king of kings, who wants us to live by a higher standard, which is not an earthly standard, but rather the kingdom of God standard. Therefore, if Jesus is not the truth, and if the word of God is not absolute, then by preaching Jesus' teachings, you are endorsing the words of a madman, a lunatic, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's also said that he was alive before Abraham, and to see him was to see God because he was one with God. So why then would a disavowed Christian leader promote that generosity is good? How would you know what is good without Jesus' teachings? And how will your ideas of what is good be different from the year to year be different year to year based on your experience? cultural trends, popular opinion, etc? And furthermore, will you continue year by year to lead others into your idea of goodness, even though it is not absolute? I'm amazed that so many Christians want the benefits of the kingdom of God, but with the caveat that they themselves will be the king. It's time for the church to rediscover the preeminence of the word of God and value the teaching of the word. We need to value truth over feeling, truth over emotion, and what we are seeing now is a result of the church raising up influencers who did not supremely value truth and who have led a generation who also do not believe in the supremacy of truth. And now those disavowed leaders are proudly still leading and influencing boldly away from the truth. Is it any wonder that some of our disavowed Christian leaders are letting go of absolute truth of the Bible and subsequently their lives are falling apart? Further and further, they're sinking into and in, sinking in the sea, all the while shouting, now I found the truth, follow me. Brothers and sisters in faith all around the world, pastors, teachers, worship leaders, influencers, I implore you, please, please, in your search for relevancy for the gospel, let us not find creative ways to shape God's word and the image of our culture by stifling inconvenient truths, but rather let us hold on even tighter to the anchor of the living word of God, for he changes not. The grass withers and the flowers fade away, but the word of our God stands firm forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Now that's definitely a lot to digest and unpack. Um, so to talk about his thoughts on the Facebook post and and sort of what was going through his head as he posted it, here I am with John Cooper of the band Skillet. Well, dude, hey, um, real quick, um, we, we've we hung out before on Winter Jam. We got in a discussion about 80s Christian rock because my dad was a yes. singer of the Daniel Band. That's right. And um, <laughs> he uh, there are very few things that will cause him to figure out social media uh, because he has no time for social media. But I think he figured it out in order to send try and send you like an Instagram message to say thank you for saying what you said.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, Thanks for telling me. That means a lot to me.
0: Well hey dude, I know we got limited time. Um I want I want to just kind of set kind of where I want to go with this conversation. Um sure. obviously there's a lot of love of conversations going on right now. Um and this the last thing I really feel like talking about right now is is a new Skillet album because it just it feels like and I think you'd agree there's much more important things to talk about right now. <laughs> um and uh and I I you know I told I told your PR I said look, you know I'll have John on another time. We can talk all the skillet, rock and roll, Christian eighties metal. We can we can do all that. But today I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on um online.
1: Yeah. Love it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it.
0: And so um man, I, I wanna say that I I've heard you in interviews and I've always appreciated um one of the podcasts I listen to is Lead Singer Syndrome with Shane Told. And uh I loved how you just represented faith. And you just said it like it is. And, um, man, I appreciate that. Has that, that been something you've always been passionate about as a person and as a believer?
1: Yeah, you know, I knew ever since I got saved, I was a kid. My mom was, was a, a Jesus fanatic, read the Bible to me every single day, explained the Bible to me every single day. I always knew that, uh, that telling people about Christ and not being ashamed of my faith, was. I just kind of thought that was like my only mission. And of course, you know, now I'm older, I realize, you know, I think that God put that gift for evangelism and that heart for, for passion for Jesus, put that in me. But I just thought, well, that's what it means. I got to be passionate about Jesus and I love right. telling people about him because he was so real to me ever since uh, we, before we started skillet, I always believed that the main mission of music in general is to glorify the creator. Mm-hmm. And I, a little bit ashamed of that, and I don't. I it never even made sense to me. Christian music would be shunned by the world, if you will, because it's you know not sex, drugs, rock and roll. I sort of thought music was more than that, you know. Uh, to me, it was art and it was a way to express something. And if, if uh, you know, if uh, you know, Joe and Sally can be express a song about sex, and I don't know why I can't express a song about god it didn't make any sense to me so that's something i've always been very passionate about
0: and and generally uh on the road as as skillet uh you're you're doing a lot more main quote unquote mainstream tours um now and big rock festivals you know opening for rob zombie and corn and all these bands like how how do you find skillet gets received
1: well we do spend i i think probably most of what we do now is is you know rock tour you know secular rock, whatever you want to call it yeah yeah <laughs> um we're, we spend less you know less and less time in the Christian market, but um that's really only because we're grow we're growing in the rock market and right. and we're accepted very well there now some of the gatekeepers might not love it, but the fans do and I, and my my feeling on it is that there's an authenticity to skillet that that fans really like whether they're Christian or not
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I meet them all the time, they always go man. I, I, they're like, I love that you talk about your faith. I'm an atheist. I just think it's cool. I just like it. You know, it makes me feel good. I get that a lot. I don't know what it is about your songs They make me feel good, but I'm not a Christian.
0: Yeah, but that's not what you normally hear, right? That's, I mean, it's usually the loud minority. Yeah,
1: that's right. I think that there's an authenticity to the band, and that that people are really digging because we're not trying to be something that, that that we're not. See, see, these days, you know, people are really into. Even it's funny, some of the young rock bands are like really into like health. Yeah. Like, like, think about this. Think about the difference in culture from 1980s Motley Crue, excessive.
0: Well, just read Keith Richards' rock. book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How that
0: guy is still alive, I don't know.
1: I, yeah, it's kind of a, well, a miracle. He's probably an alien. Yeah. But yeah, you know, um, but, you, but you read the culture of that, and then you look at culture today. A lot of these young bands actually are are straight edge. Like I don't put I don't put alcohol in my body because it's actually not healthy and it can Mm -hmm. cause damage. And you know they're like they're millennials, so they're all kind of like, oh, that's not really. It's all about eating healthy. I only eat natural food, but then they get on stage and they pretend like they're druggies. Right. So it's kind of like this thing of of like pretending. And I think the fans and they play and they're like, man, there's something refreshing about. Seeing a band that doesn't really care, and I, I, I'm self-deprecating. I'll make jokes to the crowd. It's yeah. not very rock and roll, but it's very me. And I think people right. dig
0: it. Well, it's funny because I, I I think you'd find that that more more of these you know quote unquote secular atheists whatever you want to call them um, bands or artists are probably more more um, Christian than they think, <laughs> and and some of the values they believe.
1: Well, I mean, I think a, a, a kind of a confusing thing that's happening in, in Culture today, which is partially what caused you know this whole the article thing that I'm sure we're going to talk about, yeah. is is the fact that you know the the spirit of the age right now is very much that truth is not absolute, right, and that truth to you could be something different for me. And there's lots of, and so this the, the way that, that that is being presented in Christianity in, in more and more ways now is that. Jesus is awesome, and he's light, and he's love, and he's good, mm-hmm. and he's for me, and he never leaves me, and he is a way to heaven, as opposed to he is the way to heaven. Yes. So that's happening in culture, and so everybody's kind of, you know, we, we play with Christian bands all the time, or I hear Christian speakers, or, you know, I go to a church, and I hear the teaching, and I'm like, I'm not sure this is any different than Oprah. I think I heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. It's light and love and goodness, and you know, I kind of got to give props to the devil. He's done a pretty good job of this, I got to say. You know, he's he, he's not stupid, yeah. And he's kind of he's been able to present it in a way that kind of makes it not all seem all that different.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about the analogy of of marriage, really, um, <laughs> it's. It's easy to, when you're first married, to say, "Yeah, it's all sunshines and rainbows. Everything's great." But, but there's real stuff that you face in marriage. It's tough. And, and I mean, if if a preacher wants to talk about the goodness of God with without talking about the hard stuff, then then I, I think that's misleading. But also, I don't I I don't think it's bad to talk about the good stuff. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. But I do agree with you that there is a uh, a danger in not really facing the reality. Of of what is happening, and I think that that is absolutely happening. Social media is the worst at that because nobody wants to you know <laughs> post all their failures and all their worst stuff right. up on the internet all the time and be like, "No, marriage is good. It's not really, it's not as fulfilling as I thought it would be, but it yeah. is good." You know, <laughs>
0: which yeah, I mean, the danger can be though is that that we can we can get into a world of extremes where. Um it can be all doom or gloom or all everything's fine and 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 whatever, but you know I, I do think I do think it's important to talk about the love and the kindness and the grace of god um but I also think it's important to talk about about spiritual truth that that scripture states, and I think they go hand in hand
1: sure sure i i yeah I do think again I think when we when we come to like good Bible teaching, I think we we need to cover the gamut of who God is. And it's not that I look at 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 the church and necessarily think they're lying, right? I just don't think they're covering all of the all all of the spectrum of of who God. He's the Lion and He's the Lamb. So He's not just like the the nice Daddy in the sky, and He's not just the the God who is for me, never against me. He's for me. I'm like, yeah, He's for you as long as you're for Him. You know, (laughs) as long as you're not you're not standing up against the greatness of God and and against the truth of God and making God into somebody that you would like better, you know, i.e. if God really loves people, then it probably pro- then no one would go to hell. That only makes sense. You know yeah. so all of a sudden you are now saying that you are a follower of Jesus and you are, you know, put you are standing up to the to the greatness of God saying, I think that you should be like this. And in that moment In that time, God is not for you, all right? So uh, I I think there's a lot to be talked about and unpacking those things. But yes, I agree that we should also be talking about that Jesus is life and he Mm -hmm. is love. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, And I think those are really, I do think that those are really great and wonderful things. Mm But I I, I think that because of postmodern thought and, and how we've lost, you know, we've lost absolute truth, right? Because of that, but yeah, Jesus is is so good, you know, he's just as he's just as good as Oprah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and I wanted <laughs> I wanted to dive in that, even though you know, you know, Grant, I didn't unpack my analogy super deep as I'm as I'm trying to talk to you about it, but I think it's important to unpack it because um, I w- I would hate for people to think that that John Cooper is is against anybody. Um, who, you know, believes that God is love and light, and he just, you know, is all about the judgment God, and uh, God is, God is jealous. And all those things are, (laughs) they are truth. They are absolute truth, but through a lens of, of the love of Christ who died on the cross, you know? And I, I want to make sure that people don't misportray you because I, I I know you. I've had conversations with you. I see how patient and graceful you are with people who don't agree with you. And, um, and I would, I just want that to be, to be what people see and hear. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it's the the kindness of God that draws us to repentance is what the the Bible says. Um, And he is gentle and he is kind that he is drawing us to a place where we need to fall on our knees and repent to to a God who is worthy to be feared. So you're right. I don't want people to think, you know, I'm not I'm not. I'm not necessarily going sinners in the hands of an angry God here, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah even though uh, if you really want to know the real John Cooper, I actually don't think that's the worst thing in the world right. but <laughs> but yes, I do think that it is the kindness of God that draws us. I just think that I think that we've just mixed up our own ideas of who God is supposed to be and 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 we've we followed a logic that that might seem logical to us because we're humans, but maybe. God's truth is, is higher than our thoughts. You know, it's that kind of a feeling. That I would really love to, I would really love to plead and 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 wrestle and right. just beg the church to say, you know what? Let's look into to what the truth of God really means and be open to changing what I think because I'm a follower.
0: Right. Any you know, truth in light. Uh, but God will not be mocked into thinking that you can allow your worldview to put uh, characteristics on Him that are not true, and and I think that that's what this all comes down to.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a great way to say it, actually. Uh,
0: I want to read this to you, um, and obviously you you wrote this, um, but it's, you said this in, in the recent post that you made, um, and I talked a little bit about sort of some of the roots of some of the conversation earlier in this podcast, but it says, I'm stunned— These are your words. I am stunned that the seemingly most important thing for these leaders who have lost their faith is to make such a bold new stance, basically saying, I've been living and preaching something boldly for 20 years and led generations of people with my teachings, and now I no longer believe it, therefore I'm going to boldly and loudly tell people it was all wrong while I boldly and loudly lead people to my next truth. I'm perplexed why they aren't embarrassed, humbled, ashamed, fearful, confused. Why be so eager to continue leading people when clearly you don't know where you're heading? Those are strong words. And and I want to know, as you're writing that, are you, are you confused? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you sad? What, what are the emotions running through you as, as you read some of the current events um, and current thoughts of Christian leaders today? No,
1: thing. Honestly, I'm completely depressed about. It. I'm sad. Um, I mean, these are people that have influenced me, yeah. influenced influenced my kids. You know, up until a couple of days ago. I mean, only because everybody knows now and everybody's talking about it. I don't know Marty Sampson. Uh, he's not a friend of mine. The only thing I know about him is that my kids le- literally learned how to worship God. In my tour bus, watching Hillsong DVDs, same, I taught my kids here. how to pray. Yep. taught my kids to worship God. My daughter gave her life to Christ after one of our worship times at Hillsong. They, they were they were such powerful. Sorry, they are such powerful songs. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed and I'm sad about it. Um, and I and I and and this wasn't an attack on him. It's an attack on the spirit of the age, and the only thing that I'm saying I'm upset about, and, and some of my words seem a little pointed, and it wasn't necessarily personal to him. It's, it's, he's not the only one. There's a lot of this going around. Um, the thing I was upset about was that people would be so bold to just come out and flippantly say something, to come out and say, guys, I'm struggling, losing my faith. The only thing I care about now is nothing, and it's the happiest I've ever been. Like, you, you're just gonna flippantly throw it all away in that that kind of a way. And then make some pointed statements. You know, the church doesn't even talk about this stuff. The church just blindly follows what they want to. Science has poked holes in Christianity anyway. Christianity is just like everything else. And so here's what I do know. Forgive people, love people. That's good for anything. That's what's good. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care what, what it is that you've been living for for 20 years. You pick a topic. I, I choose veganism. It's a great one. I don't care what you've been doing for 20 years. If you're a spokesman for veganism, some vegan, you know, whatever, saying that meat is wrong, don't eat meat, it's God's creatures, your meat is murder, it's evil. And after 20 years, you went, you know what, crap, I kind of like meat. It tastes pretty good, and my protein deficiency levels are pretty low. I actually love it, and I work at a slaughterhouse now, happiest I've ever been. You know, I just don't know why you would do that. You need a Go away. Go away and silently seek. Wrestle with your elders, your accountability to the people that love you. Go away and wrestle with it before you start going, here's the new thing. Love people. Do this. Do this. That's what it's all about, guys. Like, you know, really, are, after you've been doing it for 20 years and you just made an about face, you know, total, going the opposite direction, do you really think you should be telling us what to do? Yeah. I, I just— Yeah, I guess I'm a little angry about it, but I don't necessarily mean it. Like,
0: but not angry at the people. I think angry at the at the at the situations.
1: I'm angry at the situation, and I'm also blaming. I I even throw myself into the mix. I'm saying us thought leaders, us rock singers, us worship leaders, us cool people that maybe you know. I'm I'm not saying that I think I'm cool. I'm saying Mm -hmm. relevant people that other folks listen to. Yeah, we shouldn't be the loudest voice in your life. The loudest voice should be those who are given towards teaching uh, the, the the Word of God that never changes. And so I'm putting the blame on us, and I'm putting the blame on all of us Christians who would rather be entertained at church. Uh, all of us Christians that elevate, elevate the—I mean, look, it's been years and years we've been singing songs at church, and I'm like, I, I, I like the song I don't think is exactly true. Uh, that's all that I'm saying. I don't think yeah. I like the lyrics— I don't think it's really all that true. I'd rather not sing it on a Sunday morning. I, you know, but 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 then again, I also do not think people should be singing skillet songs on Sunday morning. It's a different <laughs> it's a different it's a different art. And so I'm putting myself in there as well.
0: And I I think you could probably say this too. Um the the Christian music industry um as a whole, I'm not. I'm not saying labels, radio. I'm not saying anybody, but I'm saying. And I, I say it's about anybody in faith. Probably we are quick to elevate people because of their talent and not because of their character.
1: Yes, one hundred. And,
0: and I think that in that you are essentially pimping out talent for the sake of good feeling, and then we then we jump on them when they fall. <laughs> And they never had the character for what they gave were given. That, right? that is absolutely true. How many how many Christian artists have you met that 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 don't even attend church? Yeah, uh, tons.
1: Oh yeah, I meet Christian artists sometimes, and I I, I talk to them, and I, I tell my wife, I'm not sure he's a Christian. After the conversation, I, I don't really know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. Yeah, doesn't sound to me like what I think of when I think of Christians. We'll have a conversation. I've met Christian artists who are, who, who are not only not really followers of Christ, they also think that none of the rest of us are either. Almost <laughs> like we all kind of pretend this Christian thing because it makes money or else it helps kids and it's good to help kids, but none of us are taking it that seriously, so, are we? It, it's that kind of feeling. So yeah, you're right about that. And and I'm not even coming down on the Christian market for it. You know, there, there's, there's there's supply because there's demand for it. But what we can be doing in our churches is say, yeah, I know that I'm not going to pick on any other artist. I'll pick on myself, okay? Yeah. I know that that song. Uh, you know, I, I can't think of one of my songs. Feel Invincible. I know that song. Feel Invincible sounds really good. I don't think it's something we want to sing at church because it's not about God. I don't. I, I don't know why churches aren't doing that a little bit more conservatively.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I understand that. Um, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I, n- I know there's been a lot of requests for your time and you're on tour right now. But uh, one of the things I'm curious about, because, again, this is not a conversation about one artist. This is not a conversation about uh, one author. Um, there are many artists that have really um, sure. fallen away from, from things that they used to believe. Some of them um, I consider friends. Uh, some of them have done so publicly, some privately but you get the opportunity to tour with bands all the time that have chosen to to live out different stances and and maybe have had new awakenings uh, in their opinions and beliefs. Uh, a band like Under Oath, you were just on tour with. Do you get the chance to have conversations with bands or artists who think differently than they used to in the area of faith?
1: Um, I am extremely open to those conversations, and and just so you know, I know that you know I've been like a. A fireball on this podcast going off on stuff. If I were to have a conversation with someone one-on-one who was struggling, mm-hmm. I would never treat them with a, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Bow the knee to Christ. I yeah. would never talk to somebody like that. We're, we're, me and you are talking about, you know, we're talking about theoretically what the church could do better.
0: I and, love that. And I think that there's some assumed foundational things that we can agree on.
1: Th- that's, th- yes, th- that's very well said. So, I would handle it with a lot of love and a lot of compassion. Like, I think it's fair to say that most, all of us Christians have had something that we're frankly just not happy about, you know what I mean? Like I'll give you an example from my life. I was not extremely happy. To, and some of your listeners won't even care or know what I'm talking about, but I wasn't extremely happy when I heard the the doctrine of, of uh, of you know calvinism for instance i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute are you (laughs) saying that you know of the elect are you saying (laughs) you know i wasn't really thrilled about it. It, it 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 gave me an idea of god that might be mean and i didn't like it and had to wrestle with it for years um we all wrestle with various things some of us wrestle with much deeper things than that it might be issues of sin like so you're saying the bible says that i can't do this and this and this. Well, that just doesn't seem fair to me. Cause that's what I meant to, you know, or what have you. Um, and, uh, let's just say it because we're having a real talk. Celibacy before marriage, not an easy one to do. Yeah. Um, it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I've met my, my Christian, uh, wife to be, we're going to be together. We've already made the vow. Is it really that big of a deal? If we, if we, uh, you know, take care of it now. You know, Yes, it is a big deal. It doesn't mean that it's easy. So, um, I think that, that those conversations can happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, I think that most of the time to be a hundred percent honest and please don't take this as, well, you know, you mentioned Aaron, this is not pointed to Aaron in no, any kind of a course. way. Uh, yeah. What I'm saying, but I've found that most of those people don't really want to have a discussion. They just, they're just mad and they think what they think. And, you know, uh, you know, I can't say I've had a lot of those, but I've had some, and I've had a couple of very meaningful ones that, that led to people giving their life to Christ and making mm-hmm. huge life changes. You know, won't, won't say any names, but I'm talking about free from drugs, free from alcohol, free from um, uh, uh, marital uh, infidelity. Yeah. Uh, Family got saved. Family got. No, oh, man, I'm done. totally I mean, with you. I mean, I was a pastor in
0: leading worship Beautiful. and had all sorts of struggles going on. And, oh wow! That and is- the Lord set me free of 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 many things, and I'm I think there's more things He still wants to set wow. me free of. So I'm with you.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. I love
0: that. Well, John, I, I didn't. I don't. I mean to. I mean, I would sit here and talk with you all day if I could. But I know you got a busy schedule, and um, you know, I'm going to close off this conversation. Normally, I close off with music, but I feel like just with what we've talked about today, um, you know, closing off with with a rock and roll skillet song just doesn't feel like what I want to do. I feel like I just love to pray uh, for artists awesome. and pray for people that are struggling. So, I'm going to do that. Yeah, God, I pray for those who are struggling right now. I pray that you would uh, reveal yourself to them. I pray that they would find healing, they'd find hope, um, that they would begin to see the beauty again in who you are and what the church is and and the way it's supposed to be, even though we're flawed at it. God, I pray you just draw near to the brokenhearted right now and that um, you would wrestle with them in their doubt and you would sit with them in their frustration Uh, because you're a God who does that. So I thank you that you are a God that does that, and I pray that you do that uh, with anybody, listeners, artists, authors, speakers, whoever might be wrestling with their faith right now. I pray that you would draw close. Amen. All right, thanks so much for checking out this special edition of Overflow Beyond the Music. A lot of stuff we covered. Uh, You'll notice there wasn't any music really in this podcast. I just thought the subject matter was serious, and I didn't want to Come into the conversation blasting a Skillet song and, and make it feel like that. That was never the heart of having a discussion like this. Uh, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been challenged. And I hope we can provide some, some clarity in some of the conversations that are happening right now. It's dear to my heart. I care about it. And that's why I do this podcast. So, my name is Josh McCabe. I'm the host here of Overflow Beyond the Music. You can follow me online at Josh McCabe Music on Instagram. You can follow Overflow Beyond the Music on Instagram. It's OverflowBTM on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time.